booster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. And here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. This is going to be one of those historic storms. Ian's downgraded from a Category 4 hurricane to a Category 1 nearing Orlando this morning as 2.3 million people are without power. A new survey finds Republican New York gubernatorial candidate Lee Zeldin with a lead among independent voters over New York Governor Hochul. Yankee slugger Aaron Judge ties Roger Maris's home run record, hitting number 61 last night in Toronto. Russians fleeing the activation of reservists to military duty are facing opposition at the borders. Hey, Rocky Horror fans, the cult film is hitting the road with interactive tours all over the country. And this morning, downgraded to a Cat 1 hurricane with roughly 90-mile-per-hour winds, down from its peak of a Category 4 with 150-mile-per-hour winds, after Ian made landfall in Cao Costa, a barrier island west of Fort Myers, yesterday afternoon around 3 p.m. This major storm has left more than 2 million Floridians without power and up to two feet of flooding in some areas. It continues to batter the Florida Peninsula with maximum sustained winds around 90 miles per hour, storm surges, and major flooding. At midnight, Ian was 70 miles south of Orlando. Here's Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. This is going to be one of those historic storms, and it's going to really, uh, you know, shape the communities in southwest Florida and, and have a profound impact on our state. So we just ask people for their thoughts and their prayers. Tropical storm watches have been issued for much of eastern Georgia and South Carolina away from the coast. Tropical storm conditions could begin there by Friday morning. Republican Representative Lee Zeldin has a three-point edge over Governor Kathy Hochul among political independents in New York, but trails her 54% to 37% among likely voters overall in New York State. That's according to a new Siena College poll released Wednesday. Hochul is leading Zeldin in the suburbs 50% to 45%. Recently, Congressman Zeldin blasted Governor Hochul for refusing to participate in more than one debate before the election. We have a lot to talk about. And I don't believe that one hour at the very end of October, over a month after voting has started, that a single debate does this process any justice or respect Suburbanites are evenly split 47 to 47 among Republicans and Democrats amid a half dozen competitive races on Long Island and the Hudson Valley. Republican Attorney General nominee Michael Henry is leading incumbent Democrat Letitia James 47 to 44 percent among suburbanites, too, and Democratic incumbents dominate New York City, where Zeldin received just 20 percent support in that poll. And the 77 WABC Early News spoke with Congressman Zeldin about his campaign. Our interview coming up at 5.50. Yankee slugger Aaron Judge makes history. Number 99 tied Roger Maris's American League record of 61 home runs in a season. Going deep for the New York Yankees against the Toronto Blue Jays. Michael Kay has the call on the Yes Network. And the 3-2. Joe deep to left field. This could be it. See ya. He's done it. Number 61, 
He's been chasing history, and now he makes it. He and Roger Maris are tied with 61 home runs. Judge moved past the 60 home runs Babe Ruth hit in 1927, which had stood as the major league mark until Maris broke it in 1961. All three reached those historic numbers playing for the New York Yankees. Russians are fleeing to Kazakhstan. Moscow has set up draft offices at borders to intercept people, mostly men, fleeing the country to avoid Russian President Putin's order, activating reservists to duty to fight in Ukraine. A Russian region that borders Georgia, North Ostia, and Finland restricted many passenger cars from entering Wednesday, according to Interfax Russia. Tens of thousands of Russian men have fled in the week since Putin announced a mobilization. It's astounding. Time is fleeting. Madness takes its toll. But listen closely. Well, Rocky Horror fans, grab your toilet paper, bring a flashlight, and don't forget a newspaper. Or your fishnets. A touring interactive version of the Rocky Horror Picture Show is hitting the road to celebrate the cult film's birthday. It features things like screenings, live shadow casts, the invitation to be inappropriate, and one of its original stars, Barry Bostwick, who played Brad. The tour set to kick off Saturday in Florida's Pompano Beach before hitting California, Idaho, Ohio, Michigan, Arizona, New York, Connecticut, New Jersey, Virginia, Vermont, and North Carolina. More Joe Biden confusion to tell you about. President Biden called out for the late Representative Jackie Walorski during a conference on ending hunger in the United States by the end of the decade. This happened yesterday. Biden mistakenly called out for the late Representative Walorski, the Indiana Republican who died in a car crash back in August while giving opening remarks. And so many of you know so much about this as well, and you're committed. And I want to thank all of you here for including bipartisan elected officials like Representative Governor, Senator Braun, Senator Booker, Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was was going to be here. At an afternoon briefing, White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre did not acknowledge that Biden had misspoken. Jean-Pierre told reporters that Walorski had been top of mind for Biden, who will be honoring Walorski on Friday with the signing of a bill to rename a VA clinic in Indiana after her. Walorski was one of four co-sponsors on a bill to fund the conference and had been an advocate for reducing hunger in America. Representative Benny Thompson, the Democrat out of Mississippi, announced Wednesday that Virginia Ginny Thomas, the wife of U.S. Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas, is in fact scheduled to meet with the January 6th Select Committee this week. Pressed if the interview will actually take place today or tomorrow, Thompson said it's sometime this week. Former Virginia Congressman Denver Regalman spoke to 60 Minutes about Thomas. It is an infection. But Ginny Thomas specifically Uh, To see somebody like that who has that type of access to the president and married to a Supreme Court justice pushing that type of nonsense to the chief of staff, to the president, that's a that should be an eye opener for everybody. Thomas reportedly exchanged emails with John Eastman, the lawyer who drafted memos for the Trump campaign, outlining how Vice President Mike Pence could keep then President Trump in power. Thomas also reportedly texted then White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows and Arizona lawmakers regarding efforts to reverse the results of the 2020 presidential election. 
Pressured by President Biden, California's Governor Gavin Newsom signed into law a bill expanding union organizing rights. Newsom's office said a deal was reached with the United Farm Workers, the UFW Union, and the California Labor Federation to clarify language on additional legislation that would address implementation of the unionizing bill. The governor held a bill signing ceremony in Sacramento, attended by farm workers and advocates for the bill. We've been waiting for your visit. Thank you so much. By the way, I'll give you guys, here's the, I'll give you the, don't, I, this is the actual bill, don't lose it. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll give you guys this as proof I was here. That's just the, uh, thank you. Thank you. All right. Newsom had vetoed a similar bill that reached his desk last year and said earlier this month he would not sign the bill in its current form after the state legislature sent it to his desk. The new law expands the ability of farm workers to vote during a union process. The Biden administration moved Wednesday to allow a non-U.S. flagged ship to transport fuel to Puerto Rico needed to power things like generators in the aftermath of Hurricane Fiona. Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas called the limited waiver for a BP vessel temporary and targeted. FEMA Administrator Deanne Criswell earlier this week. We are committed to doing everything that we can within our legal authority to support the people of Puerto Rico. And we know that the Jones Act waiver is one of those things. We have a legal obligation to ensure that each waiver request meets the legal requirements of Congress. The Jones Act uh, typically allows only U.S. flagships to transport maritime cargo between U.S. ports. Puerto Rico's Governor Pedro Pierluisi thanked the Biden administration for the waiver in a tweet yesterday, and he was among several legislators, activists, and others who previously pressured the administration to waive the Jones Act. Former President Trump on Wednesday offered to help negotiate a deal to end Russia's now seven-month-old war in Ukraine. It follows reports that a major natural gas pipeline from Russia to Europe was deliberately sabotaged. Trump also posted U.S. leadership should remain cool, calm and dry on the sabotage of the Nord Stream pipelines. The Russia-Ukraine catastrophe should never have happened and would definitely not have happened if I were president, Trump posted. Trump spoke about Russian President Vladimir Putin during his interview with 77 WABC owner and operator John Katsimatidis. I got along with him very well. I spoke to him. I understood him. He understood me probably, but I understood him well, and he would have never done it. And he didn't do it, John. You know, four years plus a long campaign, he never did it and never contemplated doing it at that time. Russia shut off natural gas to Europe indefinitely earlier this month due to what it said were mechanical problems with the Nord Stream pipelines, a set of two gas pipelines under the Baltic Sea from Russia to Germany. The Nord Stream pipelines began to leak on Tuesday, and the European Union Council and leaders across the continent have said it appears to be the result of deliberate acts of sabotage. Well, deadly fighting continues in Iraq, an Iranian drone bombing campaign targeting the bases of an Iranian Kurdish opposition group in northern Iraq on Wednesday killed at least nine people and wounded 32 others. The strikes took place as demonstrators continued to engulf the Islamic Republic after the death of Masha Amini, a 22-year-old Iranian Kurdish woman who was detained by the Iranian morality police for removing her hijab. 77 WABC News Time 515. Justin Ellis here with sports.
Well, thank you, Deb. I am Justin Alec here with your early news sports update. Alas, he has finally done it and route to an 8-3 New York Yankees win in Toronto last night in the series finale. Aaron Judge hit his 61st home run of the season, tying Roger Maris's American League record of 61 in 1961. It took Maris every game of the 1961 season to reach the mark, and Judge has done it with seven games to spare, a day after the Yankees clinched the American League East title. Judge, in the midst of a seven-game homerless slide, came up in a tie game in the seventh with a runner on and blasted the historic shot off Toronto's Tim Miza into the left field bullpen. You heard the Yes Network's Michael Kay on the call earlier, so here's what it sounded like on radio from the golden pipes of the legendary John Sterling. And the payoff. There goes the deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Number 61. He ties Roger Maris for the American League single season record with 61 home runs. It's a two-run judgey blast. Here comes the judge. A two-run blast, and the Yankees take a 5-3 lead on number 61 for Judge. A day off today before heading home to welcome in the Baltimore Orioles is up next for Yankees and the Judge for their last regular season series in the Bronx. Number 99 isn't done yet as he'll go for number 62 in sole possession of the American League single season home run record. And let's not forget about your Metropolitans who grabbed the huge 5-4 win over the Marlins last night in Queens to jump back ahead of the Atlanta Braves by one game in the National League East Divisional Race. After an off day today as well, they'll head to the aforementioned Atlanta for a huge, ginormous three-game set with the division on the line. And, of course, week four of your NFL season getting underway tonight in Cincinnati as the Bengals are set to welcome in the Miami Dolphins for an 8.15 p.m. Eastern time kickoff. The Bengals are your favorites at three and a half points. For more sports content, follow 77 WABC Sports on Instagram and Twitter. Here with your early news sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. All right. Lou Dobbs has your financial report. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. I'm Lou Dobbs, Wall Street's long-awaited relief rallies here. Airlines posting gains as Hurricane Ian forces cancellations. Concern mounting over Amazon's smart home dominance. Stocks are coming off their first winning session in more than a week. The Dow Jones Industrial snapped a six-day losing streak, surging more than 500 points. The S&P 500 yesterday bounced back from a new year low. Airlines continue to cancel flights as Hurricane Ian ravages Florida. Shares of major airlines climbing Delta, American, and United continuing higher in extended trading as Amazon rolls out new smart home gadgets, more red flags being raised. Some say the e-commerce giant's hold on the at-home technology market is too strong. The FTC currently hearing arguments against Amazon's takeover of iRobot, the makers of the Roomba smart vacuum. Meanwhile, Amazon says more than 140,000 different products are compatible with Alexa. Now, several privacy and labor groups want to know more about what Amazon does with all that data it is gathering up. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77W ABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Following yesterday's gains, futures in the red this morning, the Dow down 249 points at 29,502. S&Ps dropped 34 and a quarter. The Nasdaq down 126. Gold down $15.90 an ounce. Crude oil down 29 cents a barrel at $81.86. The WABC Early News. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. News time 520. Well, former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo says he wants to move forward. So what does that mean? 77 WABC's Bob Brown explains. 
In a video posted online, the 64-year-old Cuomo says being forced from office more than a year ago gave him time to reflect. Just look around us. We have real problems to solve, but we are more divided than at any time since the Civil War. Cuomo says he plans to do a weekly podcast, and he's starting a political action committee to elect the right people to office, unquote. He also says he's starting the Gun Safe America Project, with more details to be announced. I'm Bob Brown for the 77 WABC Early Morning News. Two suspects are now in custody in connection with a robbery of a bishop in Brooklyn. Bishop Lamore Whitehead, you might remember this, he was held up at gunpoint during a live stream of his Sunday morning sermon back in July. Whitehead was on stage at Leaders of Tomorrow International Ministries when men wearing dark outfits with hoods entered the room stealing a million dollars in flashy jewelry from the bishop and his wife. Bishop Whitehead told reporters he is relieved police have made arrests. I'm hoping that this clears a lot of things up with my name as far as, you know, the world believing that I'm a villain instead of a victim. And it it hurts. On Wednesday, police announced the arrest of 23-year-old Juwan Anderson and 23-year-old Saquon Pollock on federal robbery conspiracy and firearm charges. The whole case drew attention to the fact that Whitehead had a million bucks worth of jewelry to steal, something he defended. And he says he wants to know why the suspects pulled off the heist during his live stream instead of targeting him at another time. A level three sex offender with nine prior arrests was again arrested hours after allegedly attacking an 81-year-old woman inside of her apartment in Brownsville, Brooklyn. This happened early Tuesday morning, about 3 a.m. The woman also says she was sexually assaulted. Police say 50-year-old Thomas Johnson allegedly strangled his neighbor unconscious around 3 in the morning. She woke up to a noise in her living room in the middle of the night and found him inside of her apartment. She says he choked her while jamming his fingers down her throat so she couldn't scream. The woman says she is now terrified in her own home. And when I tried to go back into the bedroom to make a phone call, I didn't know he was still here. He attacked me a second time. Oh, my God. And when he attacked me the second time, again, I was knocked out totally. Johnson was arrested later in the day and charged with assault, causing injury to a victim 65 years or older, strangulation and burglary. Police say he also may face sex crime charges. NYPD's chief of detectives, James Essig, said Johnson was arrested in August 2021 for strangulation, in August 2006 for sexually abusing a five-year-old girl. He pled guilty and served one year, and that's why Essex said he was a registered sex offender. And he also said March 20, uh, 2003, the man was arrested for assault. June 1995 for attempted murder, which he pled guilty for assault. And in February 1994 for grand larceny, he takes three other arrests in January, March, and September 1991 for grand larceny and assault. And the woman was treated at a hospital. She also suffered a fractured toe. An 18-year-old girl was shot in her face and killed after two men opened fire on a group of people in Brooklyn on Wednesday. This incident happened at 1225 Eastern Parkway in the Crown Heights section. Police say an 18-year-old girl was hanging out with a group of people right in front of that location when two unidentified men approached the group, firing several shots at them. The girl was shot in her face. She was taken to Brookdale Hospital where she was pronounced dead. Police say the suspects fled the scene on foot. Nobody else hurt. 
Police say the victim in the shooting was the unintended target. She has not yet been identified. There have been 23 shooting incidents and 26 victims reported so far this year in that precinct. It's the 77th police precinct. Northwell Health launched a national campaign to encourage discussion around gun and gun storage safety. They say gun violence has been the leading cause of death for children in America for the last two years. Here's Northwell CEO Michael Dowling, who spoke to ABC7. We've had more people come to our children's hospitals so far this year with gunshot wounds, serious gunshot wounds, than ever before in history. Dowling is on a mission now to make gun violence a public health issue. He's gaining momentum. More than a 1,000 hospitals and medical associations have now agreed to support a campaign to prevent accidental gun violence. The campaign aims to try and end the stigma around talking about unlocked guns in homes, especially. Only 30 percent of gun owners with children at home actually store their firearms safely, according to Northwell Health. New York's governor, Kathy Hochul, says she has absolutely no regrets about her administration awarding a $637 million no-bid contract to New Jersey-based Digital Gadgets, which contributed $300,000 to her campaign, according to the Albany-based Times Union. Their test cost taxpayers three times more than competitors would have. Her gubernatorial Republican uh, opponent, Congressman Lee Zeldin, has blasted Governor Hochul over the COVID test kit deal. Paying 45% less than what California paid, going through a middleman as opposed to going directly to the manufacturer of the COVID test, approving the deal the same day that the offer was being made, and then not even adjusting the deal for when you don't need as many tests. That reeks to high heavens, and that's not the first example of this governor doing that. Hochul has also faced criticism over pay-to-play schemes involving renovations at New York's Penn Station and the new Buffalo Bills Stadium. Hochul, though, has defended the purchase of 52 million test kits, many of which remain unused by saying the state needs as many as possible to keep schools open as the Omicron wave of COVID-19 cases swept across New York State. At the beginning of this year, Amazon is gearing up to have another big sale event on its website. That'll happen next month. Jacqueline Carl has details. Have a little money and like to shop online? Get ready. For the first time ever, Amazon's having two big sale events in the same year. First, there was Amazon Prime Day, June 11th to June 12th. Now there's a Prime Early Access sale on October 11th and 12th. Once again, like it's been since this started in 2015, these sales are only open to Amazon Prime members and, of course, to those with a little money. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Jacqueline Carl. Coming up at 5.50, the 77 WABC Early News speaks with New York's Republican gubernatorial candidate Lee Zeldin about his campaign. And if you miss the top five of five and other news, be sure to check it out on our website, wabcradio.com. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.